Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The last year has been difficult for everyone, and we know that peer pressure is at an all-time high. So Footy Prime would like to tell you that if someone comes to you with a proposition of drugs or alcohol, just say no. Unless it's a big, stinky bag of marijuana. If that's the case, please put it in an unmarked envelope and send it to us here at Footy Prime, 1436 Florence Boulevard, Compton, 90222. Help us get this party started. Oh, I think this party started already. Craig's got a big blunt in his in his left hand. Jimmy's <laughs> up there as well, just puffing away on the bong. Yeah, right. Dunlop's hot knifing. <laughs> Wonger, Wonger's um, what's Wonger doing? I need some more drug uh, terms here. Oh, I hot. did an edible at two in the afternoon. Okay, to, to go hot driving knifing. around the city. Just a okay. normal Wednesday. And then this me, I just hot knifing. Hot knifing's not something you do every day. Yeah, honestly. Not since hot I was in, in, in school. All our knives in our drawers had little black spots on them. Every single one. <laughs> you, you invite a girl over for dinner. And she, What's these black marks on the spoons for? On, on the knives for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Stick them underneath the, uh, the, on the, uh, the, the, what are they called? The elements. Elements, that's the one. Element, yeah. yeah. Yes, but it was also, uh, pre- you know, specific to hashish. Yes, that's right. It was. At first, I thought he was talking about heroin. I'm like, why am I the guy on heroin? No, no, we don't condone heroin use on this podcast. As said in the opening. Yes. yes. Except yes. when I'm well, 90. The way things are going. When I'm 90. If I reach 90 years old, I'm going to fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be like Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas, but with just heroin. Well, he wasn't ninety, was he? No, but he was. He was pretty messed up, though. I reached ninety. That's all sticking my neck. Remember mm. that when he was he's walking down the aisles of the uh, the liquor store, and he's got the the, the grocery cart, and he's just throwing twenty <laughs> sixes and sixties, and he's gonna have a good time. Well, what a See, I was, was just I was just thinking about that movie <laughs> Benjamin Button. So Benjamin Button was like a baby, but was like an old man at the end, right? But can you imagine if he was doing heroin and smoking reefers when he was like 85, but as a baby? That'd been awesome. It'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think whoever wrote that screenplay was was definitely on heroin. That's true. Absolutely. Then he, they, that's Listen, when you have kids people. and you watch those children's shows, 
in the mornings, they're off their face, whoever wrote them. <laughs> There's no doubt. I remember growing up in some of those. The Magic Roundabout was one of them, and it had a, a cow that sat in a tree smoking a pipe. <laughs> it's like, and, and, you know, our parents thought this is nice, wholesome entertainment for the children. And it turns out, you know, it was the people that wrote it were just off their rockers. Do you know what? You're so right, because I remember my kids would be sitting there watching. I'd put it on just to shut them up, right? So then they watch it, and they're glued to the TV. And then it got to the point where I was like, well, why are they so interested in this? And then you start watching it, and then you're like, what the fuck is going on here? It's crazy. Who was that one in England? It was a Captain Pugwash or something? They Captain had, like, Pugwash, yeah. Captain Seaman Staines. And- Roger the Cabin Boy. <laughs> Ma- Master Bates. Master Bates. Like, mm. what the f- I love Captain Pugwash. <laughs> no wonder the parents were always laughing. I know. There was a character called Master Bates? Come on. See, yeah. I, I think the, the myth of that show grew. The, it was written by some very murky characters. Um, and there were some names that have, you know, double entendre, so to speak. But some of them, I think, were kind of grew. The, the urban myth grew over the years. I don't think there was a Seaman Stains, but that there was really? a Master Bates, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So and there was a Roger the Cabin Boy, I think. Well, there was a film of Kraken, and his cousin was Holden my ball sack. Do you remember him, Holden? <laughs> Holden my ball sack. Yeah, Holden. <laughs> remember, I, I think he was like Eastern European my ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm putting together the rundown today. I'm thinking, man, today could be a normal, like, straightforward podcast. Lots of games and things to talk about. Maybe it won't go off the rails today. Here we are. Four minutes and 42 seconds in. <laughs> Hold him a ball we're back. off the rails. Hey, B, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back, boys. Back from his Olympic sojourn in uh, the, the, the Arctic surroundings of CBC on <laughs> yeah. John Street. Uh, the, the bowels of the Crown Corporation, yes. How was your experience, pal? Did you enjoy it? It was awesome. It, it was really great. You know, the three weeks of these Winter Olympics, uh, it's wild that the summer was six months ago and really it felt like six weeks. So carried all that momentum, and uh, that show was great in the summer, but this show was was even better. So, uh, yeah, uh, Canadian Screen Award nominated for Tokyo, and uh, I think we should have two for Beijing because uh, we upped the ante. I got to work with Alex Depati, which was great because, you know, uh, as accomplished as he is an Olympian, um, similar stories to you guys, but different perspective when it came to uh, some on-cam things that we were breaking down, and I just uh, I really enjoyed the way we could kind of tag team interviews. You know, there was questions, charms that he could ask that uh, – I wouldn't get the same response out of the athlete from and, and kind of vice versa. And I think overall it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to have some different characters on there. So you're up for awards? Canadian Screen Award, buddy. Yep. You should be because you're on freaking TV for fucking 12. <laughs> Lasted forever. <laughs> did it did it feel like a long time did you really miss me it was like oh god three no, weeks I'm no, you miss me at all no we really enjoyed your absence yeah that's what i thought i could tell <laughs> so those screen awards it's a bit like the uh the efl cup the carabao cup isn't it like if you win it it's great and you feel really good and you deserve it but if you don't win it you don't really care and because everybody forgets it about it <laughs> <laughs> who puts it on uh, you know what, Jimmy? He's totally right and bang on with that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, the Canadian Screen Guild? It used to be called something else. Were they Ge- Geminis? Uh, yeah, the Geminis same one? for TV. Yeah, yeah, that's the same Gemini. one? The same award? Yeah. Really? 
So yeah. Canadian Screen Awards is the film and television and now digital awards, uh, screen awards for Canada. They used to be broken down by the Gemini's and then the film one. I forget what the film one was called, but yeah, I actually had a meeting today with people who were producing this year's Canadian Screen Awards. So doing the Gemini's was a big deal. You got yeah, a Gemini was a big deal back in the day. You got a shot if you're doing stuff for CBC. You do. Footy Prime? No. No chance. chance. Uh, we're, go- we're going to apply for the Webby Awards and the top podcast, top sports podcast. And we're going to oh, lose really? to some yeah. hockey. But yeah, we're going to apply for it. And then. Is that a thing? Uh, we're, yeah, it is a thing. And then we're going to lose to a hockey podcast. Of course. <laughs> I'm just telling you what we're going to do. Yeah, Elliot, Elliot, <laughs> Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts is going to win that. Yeah. Oh, we'll stick a pin in my eyes. See, I do. I this is all just to make Craig bitter, though. More bitter. Sorry. <laughs> Craig was Mr. watching the women's hockey final, though. He was texting me at two in the morning. Craig's new name is Steve Bitterman. That's what I've come up with. Good old Steve Bitterman. Just bitter. No, there's got to be something that Craig's not bitter about. It has to be something. Hmm. Uh, um. How about the the smell of a spring bouquet of flowers? Uh, you'll find something wrong with that. You get you, that take me to, I mean, you think I'm a flower guy? <laughs> <laughs> I've said so much shit over the last three weeks, buddy. It's uh, well, that might stick. Think you're a flower guy. At one point, I'm like, I'm a big figure skater guy. The sentence didn't even make sense. Um, Sardinia is Sardinia being nominated, or is it Brendan Dunlop? You'll have to give the context there. Okay, so so you were interviewing a drag queen. Mm-hmm. I was he, he, talk about the chemistry. I was trying to set you up when I did my spiel. I said talk to some very interesting characters. I thought here we go, Charms, and didn't take it there. I know. I, so I didn't jump in there. See, I'm not you, our chemistry. You've been you've been apart for too long. We've got to work on the chemistry again here, B. Okay. So yeah, you're interviewing a drag queen, a, a renowned drag queen here in Toronto. Was, was she? she was, she's uh, internationally renowned, but she is based okay. in Toronto. Yeah, Priyanka from Canada's Drag Race. Okay, and um, and she, you yeah. asked her what your drag name would be, and apparently it's Sardinia. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, she studied it. She said, you know, uh, I've done some research in your Portuguese, so there was two she tossed at me. I I selected Sardinia as a better one because the other one was uh, in honor of Lisbon and uh, lesbians was Lesbon was the other one. Right. I thought she, Sardinia just flew better. She apparently talked to RuPaul, so there you go. You might get on the I, panel. I once tried to break up a fight with two uh, drag queens in Gran Canaria. Okay. D- divulge the full story, please. Do tell, Jimmy. There was uh, there was these two two women, I guess, like they were at it, little dresses on, like long and beautiful looking. And they were throwing haymakers like I've never seen in my life. And there were a couple of guys were there. And I was like, fuck it. I said, come on, guys. You can't let these these girls fight each other. You know, the high heels are starting to break and all the makeup. And guy comes and grabs me. He's like, leave them alone. I said, guys, look at these. You can't let them go. They're killing each other. You know, they're going to look cut under the eye. And, and the guy said, no, you don't understand. I said, no, I don't understand. He goes, no, these are two, two drag queens. And uh, one pissed the other one off on stage. And they took it outside and beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> So that was my experience one time in Grand Canaria trying to break up a fight. It's Jimmy story time. (laughs) It's Jimmy story time. If you You watch Drag Race, the show, you you could see how they could potentially get in fights because they get under each other's skin on the show. But that's part of the drama of the show. They're very competitive. I experienced it firsthand. More drama than a football change room. 
Beautiful. Beautiful looking. I'll give Are you that. kidding? Oof. More drama than going out for dinner with Mark Burcham. <laughs> you just never know where you're going to end up uh, with him. I actually like it because some of the guys, they, they like without any uh, makeup done up, pretty ugly couple of them. A few of them are ugly. And they, by the time they're finished, they look amazing. So I'm like, maybe, uh, maybe that's my uh, next thing. Well, Craig, we did that mashup, right? You and Dickio, remember, as, as a woman? That's and right. You were beautiful. Your your love children would have been beautiful. That was without Dickio, though, I think. <laughs> oh, was it? I thought that we didn't combine you both. <laughs> no, yeah, that was did. hideous one, I think. That was awful. Yeah. It was the standard face app, whatever it is, that takes uh, the male face and makes them oh, a woman. Was it? Okay. That well, maybe for, it? Our, for, our new, for our new logo, when we get, you know, go for this this um, photo shoot, right? Maybe we'll, we'll all go in drag. There you go. And, and the listeners can decide who's the hottest. Is it Sardinia? Is it Bernaldo? Jesus, how Sexual? long have I been away? We've got James, so we're- I'm up for a lot of things, man, but. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that one happening. No, no, happening. All right. All right. We're, we're, we're modern progressive men, but not that modern and progressive. All right. Fair enough. I get it. Um, that, by the way, that, that Mark Bertram interview from Tuesday, if you haven't had a chance to, to download it just yet, please do. So, some great stories. Um, one in particular involving, uh, prison and prison life is unbelievable. Um, and that story, I'm going to ask you guys. So, so the way Birchie presents it, he is completely the innocent bystander. <laughs> you guys know him better than me. You guys know him really well. I suspect it wasn't quite quite that simple. Is that fair to say? Well, when you look at the whole thing and his whole life and the way it's all panned out, there's one common denominator, isn't there? <laughs> Violence? Him. <laughs> it follows him. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's, it's, it's never boring. It's never boring. Yeah. And every time I just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, just, that's right. I just, my whole I life, out of nowhere, like picking a fight with yeah. me for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, in that interview, he mentions that Hogorosiak was a terrible manager, a terrible football coach. And as, as I said in the interview, this is a guy that Canadian soccer fans. Um, very much revere because he brought Canada some some silverware. You can't say a bad word about Holger. So, Craig, was he a bad manager? No, he was he was different, um, but he wasn't a bad manager. I think I think what he he had his uh, his faults and he had his uh, you know his uh, pros and as well, where I think he brought a bit of an edge. He didn't take any shit around CONCACAF, which uh, I think was what we needed, especially around all the characters that he had to deal with. I mean, the the whole thing with the the coin toss, they wanted to do that privately. And maybe some manager would have said, yeah, okay. And they come back and say, oh, by the way, you lost the coin toss. Well, he was like, no, we're not having that. Mm-hmm. I'll be right there. And when they did it, he was like right over their shoulders, like, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't take any crap. And I think that was uh, something that sort of went over well with the team. But uh, Birchie's right as well. I think the team were very close-knit, great group, got together 
get along well and, uh, and figure stuff out. But, uh, um, international managers, you know, they get you for a very short period of time. And, and he's right about, you know, some of the stuff leading into the Confederations Cup and just fucking Richmond can't even get a park. You end up training on park with dog shit and you're going to a Confederations Cup of, you know, France and Cameroon and hmm. Japan and all the well, Confederation winners. And it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was what we were dealing with. I remember uh, Evan Pellerud saying the same thing. With, he had some women coming out of uh, uh, injuries. Uh, so they, he wanted to take them for a run. And so he did that and then wanted to incorporate a ball and went to a park and Pass the ball around, and one of the city guys in Vancouver, Burnaby, I think it was, came up to him and was like, "Gave him a ticket." It's not soccer season's over; it's now baseball season, and God gave him two hundred fifty dollar ticket, and he was so pissed off with it. He's like, "The national team, they can't even like play in a park, right?" And he told me before in the games, and he wanted me to tell this publicly. And then last second, he was like, "You know what?" I should maybe just leave it. I'll just, ah, it's just, he was, <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's kind of the stuff we deal with mm-hmm. or did. Jimmy, your thoughts. I mean, you, you said yourself that you had a love hate relationship with, with, with Holger. Well, it's funny while we were, before he answered Jimmy, while Craig was answering that question, Jimmy was swaying back and forth. People can't see it, but he, he looked a little uncomfortable because he was thinking about this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> so this is going to be a pretty, pretty good answer. I think it's going to be a wholesome, uh, transparent answer is what we're getting out of it. Story time with <laughs> Jimmy. Look, with, with Holger, I got on, I got on really well with him. Right. Um, and because me and Bertie were, we we're very quite similar where, you know, we were loud. We always loved to have a laugh. So he had to kind of pick one that he was going to like and one that he didn't get along with too much. And Bertie was the guy that he didn't get along well <laughs> too much with, right? So I I got the the better side of better side of Holger. Um he used to discipline me as much as he could. Um always telling me, "Listen, you must be focused. You must be serious, Jimmy." And I'm like, "Fuck, Holger, I'm serious, man. Come on." No, I can see in your face you are not serious. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm serious, man. Very old school German, like very, like very, very and, old. You school. know, when you had fun, like when Bertie mentioned about us playing cricket in the hallways in Japan in the in the hotel, an amazing time. Yeah, he comes out and he's like, shut it down. What are you doing? Like, and it's like having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No shut fun. her down. We all go back to the our rooms and we're like. Oh, now what do we do? Yeah. Well, Sneak out. then then what we did was to have a little bit of fun because the cricket got shut down. Outside the elevator was a soldier, and every time you walked by, he would stand up and salute you. Mm. So we would just keep walking by this guy because he, he was up and down like he was at a bus stop. Just up, <laughs> salute. Next guy go. There's like 20 times. Everybody's going back and forth. He's up. He's down. I think I walked by in my briefs one time, and he... So what do you mean you walk by with your bruise? You walk by bollock naked and you give me the <laughs> He saluted you. He did give yeah, me a salute. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, That's like a red carpet. It's like a red carpet. <laughs> you yeah. stood there bollock naked and the two of them are saluting each other. <laughs> yeah, we, hey, we made eye contact. He was good like that. Well, they're, 
didn't, he didn't veer away from my eyes. I gave him a good salute. He gave me a good one, and off I went. Jimmy, well, you know, if, if you're going to center these national team stories, you got to pick the periods where Craiger wasn't there because he's just going to call you on it. I know. I know. It's mistakes. Shouldn't even brought that one up. You would have probably forgot about it. <laughs> we'll make sure we get Bochy back on though uh, very soon. Has he announced um, his new job? I haven't seen it in reported just yet. No, okay. I look for it. Yeah, I find it either. When Tell that me happens, it's in Florida. Tell me it's in Florida. No, damn it. I think he may have difficulty working in Florida for some strange reason. Could be wrong, but uh, anyway, we'll uh, once that is announced, we'll we'll get him back on the show and get it's his. Not a work. It's not a coaching position. No, no. But let's not give any more away than that. Us insiders can't divulge information just yet. Uh, anyway, uh, so far this week, it's been a lot of uh, football, some some interesting results. B, what what result from the Premier League or from the Champions League or from wherever has really stood out to you? Uh, football only restarted on Monday, buddy. So based on uh, Monday to now, I mean, Benfica and Ajax having a go and making that game more exciting than... Atleti and, uh, and Manchester United. I, honestly, I, I love that match. And and uh, I'm wearing a Benfica shirt as we do this podcast. I clearly was looking you know, one way here. But uh, I love the way Ajax play. And for Manchester United supporters who might wonder if uh, Eric Ten Hag is their man, God, if he can get United to look half as good as I think you know, Ajax can play as a team. Um, in the end, Benfica deserved a, something out of that and got a 2-2 draw. But I, I absolutely loved the way Ajax were playing. The first half, they were up 2-1 and Benfica were lucky to even be in the match, so I truly enjoyed that one. But surprise, maybe Liverpool's thrashing leads. I mean, I didn't expect it to be that wide open. Expect them to beat them, but 6-0 in the end, right? 34 mm-hmm. goals against now in the last 10 games for Leeds. Jesus. Yeah, they like, conceded more goals already this season than all of last season. Time yeah. for Bielsa to get off the bucket or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point, uh, is he going to be turn questioned? it around. Yeah. If his name, if his name is Sam Allardyce, or if his name is, uh, you know, Steve Bruce or Roy Hodgson, Rafa, with, with this Rafa, with with this record, defensively done. In particular, he's done. Gone. But is is Marcello Bielsa, the savant of world football? Mm-hmm. I hope they never fire him. I hope they just stay right in there, about mid, just below mid table, and they yeah. they entertain us. I do too. I Look, do too. We, we said it last. Last podcast. What what's Leeds Leeds's ambition is to just stay in the Premier League. He'll keep it a minute in the Premier League. That's it. Will yeah. he go? Right. So what, what are you going to fire him for? If you had Allardyce and all these guys, you're getting those guys to keep you up, right? Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, right now, I mean, wouldn't you say Leeds is in relegation trouble? They're in fifteenth place, twenty three points, three points up on Burnley, who have two games in hand on Leeds. I'd say they're really in the mix right now to be going down next season. But the team's behind them. Yeah, they've right. got, they got some injuries. The injury problems has been a massive problem for them. They're not I, deep. I think they'll be all right. It's always the game in hands are the killer. They're the killer this time of year. Well, it helps right. that Brentford's on 26 games played, 24 points. Burnley on 23. 20 points. So, you know, there's just four points separating Brentford and Burnley for the race for that 18th spot. And Burnley have three games in hand on, on Brentford. So, yeah, it's so hard to judge right now, isn't it, given where the table's at. But Burnley are only doing what they're doing because they beat Spurs. <laughs> Didn't we joke about this on the last podcast? That hey. There's no way Spurs win this game. You know, Has there ever been a more Spursy week 
you put in this this world performance and beat City out of nowhere in this incredible yeah. match, and then you lose to Burnley next match. And out. you know, and yeah. you know, Sean Dyche before the match to play, it was miserable night, and he was like, "They don't want to fucking play tonight." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're going to expect a battle. Don't disappoint them. Hey, best squad he's ever worked with. Is that what Dyche says? That's what Conti said. Oh, Con- oh yes, oh. Sorry, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best squad I've ever worked with. Well, did not you see Burnley on a <laughs> rainy night, except for Burnley, except for on, a, on a rainy, rainy Wednesday against yeah. Voot Veghorst. Yeah, his uh, his post match comments. Um, Conte said, "Maybe I'm not so good." Tottenham called me to change things, but I'm too honest. We're doing everything to change situation, but it's not enough. Four defeats out of five is not good enough. This doesn't happen to me. It does happen to you. It just has. <laughs> Antonio, the last five games, you, you won one really well, but it's still yeah, only worth three very, points. Or a very, very subtle way of pushing the blame. It has to be somebody else. This doesn't not happen to me. It's very Jose Mourinho, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same class. Same cloth, right? Yeah. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah, 100%. Never his fault. That's what you should have done, Jimmy. What's that? Just blame everyone else? Yeah, just yeah, blame everybody else. Yeah, but you don't have to when people know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he went on to say, by the way, this is before the match today, Conte. He's, he's saying about how well Kane and uh, Larissa played the last game. Um, Sorry, Charles. To- I, I have to go back to Jimmy. We were talking about his marriage. <laughs> or were we talking about well, uh, football? Well, yeah. this, this, this works well. Segway. well. This quote is a great segue. Thank you. Right. So the segue is Conte before the match. So he quotes some well-known saying from Italy saying, you can make a mistake with your wife, but never with your goalkeeper and striker. Jimmy, explain that to us. I made a mistake with the wife. Yeah. <laughs> Never with a goalkeeper or striker. Never with my goalkeeper. No, it's I have a lot of trust it, in the keeper and my striker. Cumulative mistakes. Never with yeah. the never with the goalkeeper. Ask Nate and Nico. He never made a mistake with the goalkeeper. Yeah, lovely guys. You know, they're always there for you, supportive. I think what he was saying there, though, and, and that that's the the saying means that the most important players in the field are your striker and your goalkeeper. All right, Craig. <laughs> do you agree with that? <laughs> I don't know if that's what he was saying. Too. I think what he was saying was that there's no room for error. And when you make a mistake, it's it's you and there's nobody back yet. If you're a like keeper I, or, or a striker. Jimmy, I used to make him look good because you lose the ball, get <laughs> shredded, knees are in knots, and then I'd have to come up with a save. <laughs> So to, for you, the goalkeeper is clearly the most important position on the field because you can save the embarrassment and the blushes from your, your teammates. You need to be solid. You need to be reliable. Look at Lloris. He normally is. He's going through this patch. But even, even that goal tonight, that I think when he's playing the best uh, of his ability, he comes to the cross. He didn't want any part of it. He could. He just. He, he thinks he's going to drop everything. Did against City. He comes out sideways, spills it. He's just yeah. He's just going through that time. How Jimmy, did you divide your time? Sorry, Charms. Today, uh, Wednesday, as we're recording this podcast, with three Premier League games on. God, they think a lot of themselves to have fixtures on a Champions League night. For Christ's sake, dividing our attention. The world's not divided enough. 
you can blame COVID for it, right? And they basically their uh, oh. postponement dates. Yeah, still everybody's cramming in football. Well, okay. do it on, do it on a Thursday when we don't want to watch the conference league. Why do it today? I would have loved to have watched uh, caught a bit of Spurs there or watched Liverpool. So, Sharms, you had Liverpool on it. Was that it? You weren't looking at the Champions League? No, actually, I, I was splitting United. That's my main match was United's match. And then I was going back and forth with Liverpool. At 3-0, I thought, okay, good, done. And then I focused on, on United, who, who once again salvaged a point but weren't very good in that match. They weren't, no. Were pretty poor. First half in particular, they weren't good at all. Uh, and but that being said, though, Rangnick's record now, just two, he's got, sorry, one, one regulation loss in 16 games. Crazy. It's like it they're in crazy. perma crisis, right? You think like the wheels are always falling off. The, you, you'd think the way people talk and the reaction that you think they'd be in the relegation zone. Yeah. Or, absolutely. Or it's performances yeah. over results, right? For them, really. And mm. Jimmy, as a coach, I mean, CPL obviously is, it's partially development, but you want to win every game. But was it, if you lost a match, but the performance was good, were you okay with that? Or, or was your hunger there that you needed the result as well? No, you always, you always want, uh, the win you always want to pick up three points um regardless if you play well or you don't play well it's about winning when you're in the pros right uh, some clubs you know they've got more more pressure on them such as a man united where they've got to win every single game and if man united like we're saying there aren't winning week in and week out then brendan you're right all of a sudden now the wheels are falling off and oh, they're in trouble. The manager's got to go because they expect to win, right? But for us, you know, in a CPL, it was such a, a young lead. Look, our, our goal was to get into the playoffs, which we did. Um, and then the other teams that don't get into the playoffs and you, you're looking to, to build. Um, but as managers, you always find excuses um, to get you out of a situation at times when you don't get the win, Right. You always need a little scapegoat or you need something. That's why when you hear managers that just take a job and they go, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a long-term plan. It's a lot of work here. We've got to bring in these players and we've got to get – they're, they're, they're saving, some, saving some time. They need time, right? Mm-hmm. Because what's the shelf life, Craig? 15 months for a, a manager, if you're lucky? Less, less than two years, yeah. Less than less two years. Than two. So you've got to figure out a way that you're going to get the pressure mm-hmm. off you right away. You're going to blame the previous manager. Say, oh, he wasn't good enough. Didn't bring in the right players. We've got to change everything here. It's just yeah. because you're trying to hold on for as long as you can. You're hired to get fired. But don't you think the CPL, for me, is a, in a different position than other leagues uh, right now, especially being so young, three years old, yeah. two years in a pandemic, massive turnover of players, not being able to play preseason properly like you're just scrapping and scraping trying to get games done and uh i don't think there's any reason to be putting anybody under pressure in those circumstances you you wouldn't think right with a league that's so so young um you know they keep on talking about developing canadian players and um, you, you need time to build your squads. I mean, from, from day one, you're just getting a group of guys. And because they were so late as well, develop, uh, getting these players in, you know, you're, you're, you're just taking whatever's left, whatever's around to build your squad. So, you know, after the first year, you're going to have to get rid of a few players and bring some more in. And there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing. You know, year three, year four, you start to settle down because you got your core players that you've worked with over the last, last few years. Um, but, is it, but it's also difficult, isn't it, Jimmy, that if you have 
a few players that play really well, you're kind of stuck in a position where they're not on long-term contracts. They're going to walk and go yeah. to places in Scandinavia and make $50,000 as opposed to $20,000 a season. Oh, for sure there is. Right? You know, that's what you mean. Look, you can tie them down for, you know, three years, these young guys. But, you know, when you when they're not making that much money, what's the value on a player? A couple hundred grand? It's not like you're going to sell the guy for $15 million. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're going to take any anything yeah. that comes. Look, the first year we had... Emilio Estevez, he, he ended up going over to uh, Holland to play in a top flight. We had Simon Adji, who ended up going over to uh, Sweden, playing in the top flight. You know, So these guys, as soon as they get the opportunity, they want to go. Borges, he ended up leaving as well. Mm-hmm. And then where do you get your replacements for the, for players that are half decent? right? And then you got to go young again. Because if, look, we've, we've talked about this before. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, you, you know, you're going to bring seven foreigners in that, that aren't making great money like all of a sudden we're going to find diamonds in the rough in canada like come on (laughs) if you're getting an argentinian you're telling me out of all the teams in argentina they haven't scouted this top talent (laughs) we have in in canada in the league that's only been around for three years (laughs) like come on take that money and put it into the youth and get these young canadian kids and give them an opportunity rather than go and waste your time you know you might get a couple a couple of foreigners that come in where you're going, okay, yeah, you know, half decent, want a little bit of change of lifestyle. All right. But, you know, you're getting all these guys coming in. No, they're not going to, they're not changing the game. They're not making a difference. They have they're to be better. They have to be better. They have to be better than what you got. Drives the other guys to that level too. Of course. But, Look, play, players aren't stupid. Fans yeah. aren't stupid. And the coaches aren't stupid. You know what? You know, so you well, can, no, no, can uh, no, no Canadian, no, no CPL team gave more minutes to Canadian players last year than your team there, Jimmy, at, at York and, uh, got to the well, playoffs. So, you know, that, that was a goal with myself and Stalin and Camilo was that we want, uh, we want to develop these young Canadians and give them an opportunity, you know, put them into the youth national teams, give them a chance to, to maybe eventually one day shine in this league and move on to a better league. Right. From from what you saw in the CPL, Jimmy, like, do you still see yourself one day maybe coaching in the CPL again? Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely got to be a right situation for me. It has to be the right situation. Um, and yeah, I would never never say no because there there is some some great clubs in 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 the league. There's some very good coaches, some great GMs that know exactly what's going on and ownership groups. But it would just have to be the right situation for me to to get back in. You know, whether it's here or MLS or back in Europe, yeah, I definitely would like to like to have that opportunity again for sure. Would you still do this podcast? Of course I would. How can I leave this? <laughs> hey, how can I leave this, fellas? Couldn't afford to. Man, we pay you. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. afford to. Uh Jimmy, I know they're not your players, buddy, but just the way you've talked about the league uh for the last like three years and that and seeing the development, how important it is you must have been pretty happy to see Lewis Lucas McDonald and uh Caden Chung. Uh, get MLS deals, but also to stay in Canada. Sign with I love it. I love it. Um, look, you know, if, if, if McNaughton didn't have that opportunity and Chung didn't have that opportunity playing in this league, would they be in MLS? You know, probably not. Um, you know, they, they had a great opportunity playing, uh, you know, in, in Pacific, you know, under, uh, under, uh, Pa, um, their ownership group as well with, with Rob and, and, uh, 
and Josh, who are great guys, and, and Merriman. So, you know, they, they had a good thing out in Pacific. You know, they got some good young players, and, and these guys really, really flourished. They allowed them to express themselves. And, and I thought they were terrific over the last couple of years, McNaughton, McNaughton especially. Um, it was great to see him uh, evolve as a young, young player. And, um, and now he's got an opportunity to, to play in one of the, arguably one of the biggest clubs in, in major league soccer, Toronto FC. So, and it's great to see Toronto FC taking these young Canadian guys and taking a chance on them because they've, they obviously see potential in them. And yeah, they're going to have to work with them a little bit, but um, you know, do they have the, the right, right staff to get the best out of these players with Bob and Stolly and, and the rest of the crew? Absolutely. They do 100%. So hopefully you know, they, they do get minutes. Do you think McNaughton's got it? What it takes to uh, to put some pressure on one of those starting centre backs? I hope he does. I hope he does, and he's got. He has to take this opportunity. And as a footballer, that's what that's what you want. You want opportunities, and someone's going to give it to you. It's up to nobody else but yourself. You've got to go out there and you've got to grab it with both hands. Um, and if you don't, well, at least he said. Yeah, at least you can say you had a shot and you gave it everything that you had, and it didn't work out. Or it goes the other way, and. Uh, you know, you take that opportunity and you find, find yourself playing 40-odd games in, in Major League Soccer season, being a starter. So good Shams. luck to him. I hope it works for him. Shams, what's the depth chart with uh, Omar Gonzalez gone? Mavinga won. Who's... Salcedo's who, in there now, right? Oh, He's arrived. He'll be obviously a guaranteed starter. Um, and, um, oh, who's the other guy they signed this offseason? Oh, my God. O'Brien. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. And no, but they, uh, my, my brain's just completely switched. They, they, just before the uh, the Insignia deal, actually, that week before, they made uh, they signed. Oh my God, these are well known centre back MLS, been around for years. Oh Christ, Jimmy, help me out here. By the <laughs> way, uh, I got a question. There's somebody in Uzbekistan as well that they. Yeah. How are you supposed to know everything? You can't know everything, Sharps. There's a million things going on. Hey, I got three more yeah, days. Thanks, Greg. I got three more days of knowledge here on women's skeleton and the bobsled. If you want to ask me about the monobob, first time the monobob has been in the Olympics. I got three more days before this evaporates from my brain. <laughs> it's a monobob. It's uh, the one person bobsled. No, so it's, just- it's, it's Dunlop's haircut. <laughs> what are you saying? That he wrote it? <laughs> hey, Shane O'Neill. Shane O'Neill. Sorry. That's what it was. Yeah. I have a question for you. All right. You know, they, they've got the, the luge where they're going down, they're on their back, right? Yeah. Who's the lunatic that says, let's go down head first? Germans. The Germans invented it. How <laughs> crazy is that? I think it's, it's safer. It's forget skeleton, forget about right? feet first. Let's go head first. <laughs> and we're going to call it the skeleton. Yeah. Oh, the skeleton know, if, was- if you're going to crash into a wall at 180 kilometers per hour on, on a toboggan, I think I might rather go head first than feet first. Oh, I keep my. I'm going to go feet first, James. To be honest, are you really? Yeah, I'm giving I'll, myself like, an opportunity. Think about I think it. I got better odds. I think skeleton bit was around for a long time, and then it disappeared, and then they brought it back. Was it skeleton or luge where the um the guy died in Vancouver, Kishinevili? Wow, you guys name right, Bulgarian kid, yeah. But I smash Philly. That's right. I think he was a loser. That was track was that track yeah. was very was, fast. I'm sorry. What it did was you call not it? for not for amateurs. That track. I had, uh, I don't know if you saw the bit, boys. We had Howie Mandel on, and it was amazing. So Alex Petit's won two Olympic silver medals in diving, right? Canadian uh, Olympic icon, four, four Olympics. And we had Howie Mandel on, and stupid us, we planned this 12-minute segment with him. We could have gone 32 minutes. 
We had like, we were going to do like medals. We wanted the Mandels. We wanted uh, him to judge Alex's diving. And all he did was just roast us on our Olympic knowledge. And, uh, <laughs> best question was like, you know, if you're a, you're a judge. He's in Canada's got talent. What, what would you judge in the Olympics? Straight face. He's like, luge, luge. It's going to be easy. It's just look, look at the time. That three, uh, one thirty was the time. Nope. Not you. <laughs> He's like, I'm a big loser. <laughs> I must have missed that episode. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was lost. It's you know? like, hey, so Harry Mandel is a very funny guy. Um, but is he really a germaphobe? Did he shake your hand? I I didn't even get to be in the same studio with Alex Depati. Thanks for watching the show. <laughs> no, he didn't shake my hand. He was, he was in California. <laughs> oh, was he? I don't know. Yeah. I like I said, that's the episode I missed. So I don't know where he was. Yeah. Sharp, for the next month, never made me laugh. For ne- for I the ne- me neither. I don't find him funny. For the next month, all we're gonna hear is Alexander Depati. I know. Just name dropping. Like, oh, we've been replaced. Yeah. Howie Mandel, a drag queen, my <laughs> wife. Anybody that has been on Dunny's right. show on uh, what was it? The extra hour the extra is going to be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. extra cool. time here on Footy. Pro. Well, how many times during the last three weeks on on one hour too many or whatever it's called? Um, did you name drop us several I'm, times? Sure. No, I mentioned Footy Prime twice. Uh, I was <laughs> talking with uh, I was talking with uh, Sharina Ahmed, who was the hockey analyst, and she's a big soccer so- soccer fan. So that come up. Um, I forget what my reference was, but it was particular to our podcast. I'd said that. And there was another one as well. So you guys are, you know, you were out of sight, out of mind. And uh, maybe that's, I didn't stress as much, but you're always in my heart. I want to know who the the individual you didn't like that you keep calling him a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you loser. He's a loser. loser. I don't like this loser. <laughs> is, that, is that how Holger spoke? Oh, that, that Bochum. Mark Bochum's a loser. He's such a loser. This guy's a loser. Very Dutch. Dutch hitter. Oh, just good. Oh, he's such a loser. <laughs> it's made of gold. <laughs> this loser is made of gold. Oh, it's a keeper. He's so nice. <laughs> Peel it off. <laughs> You're getting there was Dutch in there. Someone's doing Scandinavian now. You're all over the map here. German. There's in there as well, I think. The, the Scandinavian. Your, your, your toes must be killing you oh. with all these names you're dropping in that loser. <laughs> uh, just to confirm here, the, the, the Georgian, my apologies, I called him Bulgarian, was Georgian loser Nodar Kamaratsvili, who passed away in Vancouver. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, my just, wife was actually still. there. She was She was at the track that day. Um, she was uh, doing music, and uh, so that that day was ruined. Yeah, they they didn't get to do their party there. But that was a very controversial track, wasn't it? As well, that corner in particular. Yeah, it was too fast. Yeah, was too fast. Yeah, they well they put these things up like you know all the planning in the world, but God, they rushed them. Hmm. Did you and, and saw any of the snow sports in Beijing? Like they took this, they took uh, the power plant from the Simpsons and built a snow park there. They had them in front of these three nuclear right. towers, like, and they did it themselves. It was their choice, right? But all there wasn't a drop of uh, a flake of real snow. All of it was was man made. It consumed that. Uh, they had to melt a whole glacier to make it. Like, if the environmental concerns are a lot. Well, well thank, thank thank God for a World Cup that will be uncontroversial. <laughs> it won't cause any any problems at all. Anyway, um, back to the football. <laughs> Um, Chelsea beat John David's Lille mm. 2-0 uh, 
Um, Chelsea looked pretty good in that match. No other moments. John David Gray. Um, he, he was working hard, making some good runs. There, there was no service to him whatsoever. But what do you make of uh, his his game? Yeah, it was a difficult one for him. Um, I thought Chelsea played him very well. You know, they, I think he's, you know, getting in behind is where there was a worry for. They, he had his back to goal most of the game and very little service, kept him quiet. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty professional performance by uh, Chelsea. Great start for them. Lille is not the same team. I mean, they are not playing anywhere near the level they were last year either. You know, what are they? They're about mid-table or something like that in that yeah. region. No, they struggled for sure. You know, but this Champions League thing, they've, they've obviously put a lot of it into this. And um, they could still overturn it, but it doesn't look likely. Hey, you know, Jimmy, um, given David – sorry, sorry, Pete, go ahead. I'm just going to say to agree with Craig that they definitely, you know, took the, the TFC route of – Putting it, putting all their eggs in the in the basket to have as you know a good a Champions League run as they could. Not that they thought they'd win it. I mean, but you can tell they were prioritizing the midweek. And I thought mm-hmm. Chelsea played them brilliantly. Just totally took David out of the game late in the second half. He was he was coming back in defensive midfield position to just to, to get a touch on the ball. And I, I thought it was almost very Jose like the way they they kind of played him out of the game defensively. Um, mm-hmm. I mean. Chelsea are defensive masters under Tuchel as well, but that's what it really reminded me of. I was really hoping that Jonathan David would have a breakout game like Fonzie did right before the pandemic uh, at the bridge. Wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jimmy, I mean, this is a guy that obviously he's being, he's been touted to move to a big club in the summer. A number of English clubs are, are sniffing around his camp right now. It, do you think he saw this as an opportunity to kind of showcase himself? And if that was the case, was his his worth damaged at all from this performance? I, I don't think it was bad, but I mean, no, I, I don't. Do I much. don't think it was bad. I don't think that's gonna that's gonna you know wreck his value or anything like that. But I think it, I think it'll be good for him and a bit of an eye opener as well. If he does go to the Premier League, you're going to be playing these Champions League teams, the English teams, anyways, with with Man City, Liverpool, Man U, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, like last like these teams that are produce week in and week out i mean it's it's not an easy league and if you struggle a little bit against chelsea what are you gonna be like when you're playing city and liverpool and, and all the the rest of the team so i think for him i think it'd be it'd be a uh, an eye-opener somewhat and i think it also it'd be great for him because look seeing the way he is he, he seems like he's always up for a challenge he's a great player no doubt about it um but if i was him i'd be going fuck give me the premier league i want to i want to test myself and i want to do this week in and week out mm-hmm Plus, they pay the most. <laughs> and that's going to help when they come with a wheelbarrow and say, here you go, son. Yeah. In our in our, in our our dark web, uh, you guys were chatting, and I'm just going to – this is all quotable. But Craig said, played with his back to the goal, and I'm not sure that's his thing. Jimmy said, not his thing. And I asked, is that – can it become his thing, or is it a size thing? Is that like a stature thing, playing with your back? Or can you no. do it? No. Can you do it? Is that a learned – Skill. Yeah, you're, not necessarily. I mean, <clears throat> Lukaku actually talked about that on his return to Chelsea. He said that when he was developing, that that was one of the part of his game, his last part of the game, that he felt that he was lacking being able to play with his back to goal and bring others into play better. So, yeah, I mean, it's something if you if you train for it, you get used to it with experience. You you should get better at it. I mean, the, yeah. the best will you know that will adapt to it. The you ones know. that don't adapt to it, 
will find themselves, you know, not in the top flight. Yeah. You know who's good at that? Deitch. Mm. Deitch was very good with his back to goal. Mm-hmm. He could pin, pin guys in. Had a great little touch. He had those little angles. But in, in England, they work an awful lot on that. An awful lot on the strikers working back to goal to link up play and bring the midfielders in, the wide players in. Well, look at Harry Kane, Jimmy, recently. you know, I mean, Harry Kane does it all. He, he is that all-action yeah. center forward because he can drop so far deep, but he's very good at bringing his teammates into play. Um, and that's why he gets so many assists as well. He's not just a goal scorer, is he? But obviously, yeah. that's Harry Kane. It's a certain level. I mean, what, what level do you think, from what you've seen from John David, what level do you think he could get to at the right club in the right environment? I think he can go very high. Why not? I think he's got, he's got good pace. He's got a great eye for goal. Wants to get him behind. He's got good movement. But it's just little things that, and he's, that he needs to work on. But he's got time. He's got time. It's not like he's 32 now trying to find a club. He's young. He's so young. He's young. Yeah. So now he's playing Champions League football. He's going to be playing World Cup football, right? He's going to get a big move, and he's going to continue to develop. And I think he's going to be – I think he'd be world-class if he keeps going the way that he's going. Now, we, we don't have a, a crystal ball, and we can predict it, but if he keeps mm-hmm. going on this trajectory that he's on right now, where we think he's going to go, I think he can do it. Yeah, does what? he end up being a one every other – you know, every two game – goal type guy or if he is he'll be uh, making a hell of a living doing that yeah what a time to be john david eh? you know you're, you're playing professional football in one of the top leagues in world football you know um your country's doing really well you're being seduced by who knows how many clubs yeah. oh god i want to be john david right now for about a week that'd be all right wouldn't it well, he should he should be signing his next contract. I mean, just talk about the Chelsea thing. Yeah, it didn't do him any harm, but if he lit it up, his yeah. price tag would have gone up twenty million. <laughs> like literally, like all of a sudden, you know how it works. You go to you go to the World Cup, you play two or three good games in the World Cup, all of a sudden, fuck, every club's after you. West Ham, we were after Chilean guys and Javier Margask and like never any thought of like are they going to be comfortable in England? Do they speak the language? Like <laughs> a guy ends up jumping out of a hotel window and flying back to Chile. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did that, didn't he? He did. <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry Redknapp and fucking Frank Lampard Sr. knocked on the door at the the hotel, the Swallow Hotel. Do you remember the Swallow at the on the M25, Jimmy? Yeah. A lot of teams stop there and had tea and do whatever before they go to the game. So that's where Javier was staying. And uh, they got word that he was going to fly the coop and go back to Chile and just leave. And they, him and Frank went to the hotel and they knock on his door. And Javier is like, oh, fuck. I guess he sees him through the peephole. He, he opens his window, throws a, his suitcases out because he's he's going to the airport. There's <laughs> a, a runner out the out the fucking side, out through the window. He, he could have just said, "I'm leaving," <laughs> gone through the front door. No, he was like, Harry, "Harry's going to make me stay." He was like, Fuck that, I'm out of here. It was like you guys trying to get out to the goal, going to Mexico and going to the clubs with Holger, throwing your clothes over the banister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always a way, always ways around it. <laughs> yeah, 
Hey, first, back to that United game today. I'm, I'm looking at the bench for United, and, and I see one matter sitting there. And it just, B, what, what does one matter exactly do? <laughs> Good team <laughs> guy. Train, <laughs> trains really well. He keeps, uh, keeps guys like Alanga and, uh, and the young one whose name escapes me four letters. Not Alanga, Abdi. Ronaldo's uh, protege, you mean, not, B? Not Abdi. Uh, who am I thinking of? It's Jimmy's on. I'm thinking of Abzi. It's a half a million bucks a week to do that. Abad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's half a million a week. Um, yeah, he's, he's just become, yeah, I guess the Carlo could have genie of training, you know, a real consummate professional that they can count on. And sadly, someone that's not getting as many minutes. I mean, I'm still surprised to see Matic getting minutes. He came on at halftime and well, well, they brought in the they, half. they, they brought in the down a goal, right? They bring on Matic and Wamba Saka and, um, no, it was tell, tell as it was. Yeah, right. They, that's right. Because they were worried about losing Shaw. He gets a lot of yellows, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the down a goal just shows that they, yeah. they were quite co- content with a 1 0 loss, I think, at that point. But, was it a 1 0 loss? Goal. Or that they thought they would. This is what I think it's they think that they're going to find a goal. This was their problem with all with these, those well. players coming on. I, I think that that's. Well, I think that Renyuk thinks that, you know, Ronaldo's going to find one late and they'll be fine, right? I think that, that that's the problem. And, and you yeah. know, Juve played like this as well. Was like that you just become too reliant on him bailing you out. So yeah. I don't think they thought they, would, they were going to win it. But I don't think that they fear that they were going to lose that, even though they were trailing into the second half. I, I've got to call you out, B, by the way, because so today Alanga scores a goal, probably his biggest goal of his career. It's a yeah. wonderful moment. It's a lovely goal, fed by Bruno Fernandes, slots it home. Right. And everyone's saying, wow, this kid's going to be something pretty special. You know, he what is. a great moment for him and his family. Unless you're following Canadian soccer broadcasters on Twitter who then had to say, basically, Oh, it's just because of Ronaldo. He did that. That's not what I said. Ronaldo, 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 Ronaldo. It was shameless. B. Read your tweet out. Read your tweet. Yeah. Okay. I'll pull it. I'll pull it up. I love this. I this is what we call this show. Kid. He's a kid, right? Alanga. Is he a teenager? He's a teenager. He's got <laughs> the Champions League. Right, his whole family is watching. His grandparents are watching. Right, his dog's watching at home. They're so proud of this kid and what he's done and this moment. And then B writes this: If you follow Cristiano Ronaldo's IG, you know how much he loves training with Anthony Alanga. The team clearly pays attention. Such a CR7 finish right there. All level in Madrid. Look at that goal, Jimmy. You're telling me was that was that not a top class goal that we've seen hundreds and thousands of times from? Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't taken away from him. Was complimenting him on uh, mimicking his idol. I tell you, I tell you one thing. Your voice is very soothing when you read. <laughs> Did you want to go to sleep? Uh, oh, actually, great story. I have a uh, my associate producer one realized that I still work with Charmin because he remembers the Footy Show. Says, "Oh, that guy could be the voice of the Calm app." Me, you. I said, oh. "Really." Like, have you listened to Footy Prime? No, I love the Footy Show. Oh, okay. So, yeah, thought you could be the voice of the Com app. So we should, we should have a poll. Jimmy's now nominated me for either. I don't know, Jimmy. Was it a compliment though? Soothing? A, no, it's a, it's a compliment. Like it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. really nice. You have nice dulcet tones. You got your, your tones are way way more dulcet than mine. <laughs> I also had a radio. What does dulcet mean? Water. I use it all the time. What does dulcet mean? Right, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Oh, dulcet means uh, calming, uh, not affected. Uh, white noise. Received. It could also be white, white noise. noise. That's what I was afraid of, whether Jimmy was going to go to sleep on me or whether Jimmy thought, wow, really soothing. Great. No, it really was. I don't lie. 
found it very soothing. Um, I might call you later. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please read the phone book to me? Um, Just me for five minutes and go to sleep. Mm. <laughs> Arnold Cup action Canada lost today. One nil to Spain. Of course, they, they drew England, beat Germany. Um, so uh, Beth Priestman's side came, I think, the second place, right? In the round robin. Played well. Mm-hmm. Spain's a good team, though, huh? They, the Pateas is the player, the world player of the year. Uh, yeah. But they, they've come into this tournament like ranked ninth. Uh, that's going to change. They'll, they'll, they'll be a power of the World Cup. The women's world's getting bigger, right? Bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And uh, I think Bev even mentioned that with us. It's going to be tougher to compete. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, right? They're unfortunate. They had the bar. Mm-hmm. Who was captain today, by the way? Did you see? No. Because uh, Janine uh, Becky was captain against England, I believe it was. Um, mm-hmm. They do this. They, they switch it up, right? Her and Des Scott when Christine's not around. I was wondering who was captain today. I haven't caught up on that yet. The Spanish goal was nice, really nicely taken. It was just typical Spanish football move. You know, they just put runners were running into the box, lots of options. Defenders didn't know what the hell were going on. A couple of them got caught ball watching the Canadians. Cut back, really nice finish. But yeah, well done by the Spanish Absolutely. Uh, almost out of time, fellas, but we have got um, a couple minutes there for uh, three picks, right, Lana? Shall we, shall we do that? Yeah, I'll drop in the uh, old school until we get uh, oh, yeah, what's, Liverpool, you, you, Chelsea, EFL Cup. Final. Jeez. First trophies get handed out. Okay, EFL Cup. What cup is that? The Carabao Cup. Carabao. Thank you. League Cup. Football does, League does, Cup. Hold on. Does that ex- explain it? You've just named a Thai energy drink. You think that's explained it to Wonger? <laughs> no. Longer is oh, sorry. It's as, as opposed as opposed to the FA Cup, the League Cup is just the four leagues, professional leagues, ninety-two professional pro leagues. clubs. Yeah, the it's basically it's the, it's the Europa League of domestic cups. Longer, it's not as important as the FA Cup. Hey, Craig okay. and Jimmy, uh, do you could you name all the different renditions of the cup that you played in? What they were called? Hmm. There were so many sponsors during that that ten fifteen so years you guys played. Yeah. It was called a milk cup once, too. Back in the 80s, yeah, when it was in Norwich. Norwich won that. Rumbelow's Cup, Worthington Cup, Carlsberg Cup. Yeah. Carlsberg. What was it before Capital One? What was it before Capital One? It may have been Coca Cola, wasn't it? It's a Coca Cola. Worthington? Worthington yeah. Cup? I don't know. Capital <laughs> One for a while. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's an energy drink no one's ever heard of, Carabao. Yeah. Anyway, that, well, this week Liverpool Chelsea in the final. Um, footy picks. Uh, Craig, what's uh, what's the score and who's going to take the first trophy of the year? Woo! Liverpool two to one. Ooh, I like that. Jimmy, I know you would. I'm going to say Liverpool three two. Mm. All right, B. First of all, B. Who needs this more? Chelsea needs this more. Definitely, without a doubt. I was going to say Liverpool 3-1, but because you guys uh, both picked the Reds, I'll go Blues. Uh, I'll go 2-1, though. No, See, no, I, no, I would say that. Just no, no, because I think they need it more. And so because of that, and because I like to buck trends, 2-1 Chelsea. So they I would do need say that more. they don't need it more. I'd say that, that Why? Liverpool needs it more. Why? Well, because, okay, so Chelsea, they won the Champions League last year, right? They won the World Club they Cup. They won the World Club Cup, right? And Liverpool, there's this great era, this great team that they have. They've won two trophies, right? Huge ones, admittedly, Premier League and the Champions League. 
but they need more trophies. A team that good needs more trophies. Even EFL Cups, when you look back on, on Klopp's um, tenure as coach in a few years from now, he needs more than just the two. And even though it's a League Cup, it is a trophy. That's why I think they need it more. I think so- either one of these sides going into this wanting to lose or go into it half-assed. They, when you get to a final, you want to win it. It's, it's, it's a privilege. Mm. I think Chelsea need it more just in the sense of how kind of broken this season has felt. Yes, they're the reigning Champions League winners and they, they might very well get to the semifinal, right? But it seems as though with Lukaku and a few weeks ago, we're talking about, oh, it's, it's the clock ticking on Tuchel. It's crazy, right? No, uh, it's so crazy. That, that's, that's why I think that whereas we don't have any of those questions with Liverpool. Maybe, so the, for, to- for the, the room, clock is... Maybe the clock's ticking on Abramovich. Yeah, who knows? I mean, where does he have to live now? Is he in Cyprus or something? He's not no, allowed. He's, to in, Cyprus, he's right? in Israel. They, Israel took him in. He's he's Jewish. He'll be given a nice house in Ukraine pretty soon. Ugh. Jesus Christ! Well, I was uh, your Remchuk came on for Benfica today, and I was thinking about just playing with that weight. You've seen uh, who's a kid from City. God, why is his name escaped me? Fullback Zinchenko. Yeah, he's he's had to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, feel for them. Well, well, wild times from a footballing sense. Shakhtar Donetsk. Remember, they got that beautiful stadium they built there. I think in two thousand six or eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. They haven't played there like five six years. five six years at least. Five, yeah, six, yeah. yeah, something like that. They've been playing in Kiev. Yeah, that's right. This is their, owner, their owner is sketchy as well. This is a moment in the podcast that in previous podcasts, it would have been great to ask Deech his opinion on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. <laughs> One of my favorite Deech moments ever was uh, transfer deadline day and Hulk had gone to Zenit. And we were talking about surprises of the day. And Deech was very stiff at the time, if you remember. He would like, his head never moved, but his hands moved like Don Cherry playing the piano across the desk. <laughs> his hands would move on the desk. He's very stiff. And he says... Disappointed in Hulk. It's gone the deepest, darkest Russia. I just thought it was the best thing to say on continental television, <laughs> as opposed to going to one of the Premier League sides he was linked with. <laughs> Speaking of Russia, do you remember Ante Yasik? Yeah, of course. Play for Canada. He ends up signing in Russia, right? He's right in the coast. He ends up signing, making good dough, right? A lot of it under the table. He's got, he's injured, right? Team's traveling. The coach says to him, Hey, do you want to get on the plane? You know, and come with the boys. And he goes, You just signed. You know, you've only trained a couple of days. He pulled your hamstring a little bit. He goes, Why don't you come? He goes, Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll come. Just packs light, thinks, No problem. Gets to the airport. It's like an army aircraft plane, you know, where they're sitting on the sides, right? Like you're about to jump out of it in a parachute. 10 hour flight. 10 hour flight and he didn't even play. <laughs> he was sitting in there. He was talking to the guys. Plane's taking off. He's like, So, how long is the flight? A couple hours? He goes, Yeah, 10 hours. <laughs> and all, like all these different stops that they had to go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He, he was trying to get out. He even said he tried to put out a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> he, was at, he was at Cuban Krasnodar before he came, came back to MLS. But he said uh, the journeys across that country were ridiculous. Oh, they, that was probably when uh, a lot of Stastok, whatever, they had a team, right? That's right. what I thought he was going Right across, across the uh, water from Japan. Yeah. Jesus. 
Um, all right, fellas, quickly uh, to round out 30 picks. A uh, couple of really, really good games, actually. West Ham Wolves. That's interesting. Over-unders, two and a quarter. B? Ooh, I'm going to go over in that game. Uh, and it's at the Molyneux? No, it's at West Ham and going to one. Oh, it's West Ham, sorry. Okay. Uh, hmm. You going over in that? Uh, yeah, I'll take the over. I mean, Wolves are capable of scoring goals, and I feel like with West Ham, Jesus, they're all over the place. They, if, if the other team runs at them, they're going to score and leave themselves vulnerable. Right, Gregor? I think you'd agree. So, I'll go 3-2 hammers. Unless you're a cat. <laughs> Still on that, eh? <laughs> All right, Craig, what do you think? 1-1. One, one. Okay. Jimmy? I'd like to say West Ham's going to win now. Wolves are playing well. and Yeah. I don't have a hard time. I like, I like Wolves. I like the way they play. Yeah. They, they don't win games 3-0, 4-0s. They squeak by. But Two West points Ham, between them. What's that? Two points. What, how many goals? West, West or Wolves. What have they got in goals? Oh, hardly any. They got a uh, yeah, twenty-three. West, Poor, isn't it? What have they got? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. That's that's less than uh, than Watford. That's yeah. less than Burnley. Ah, this has got one-one written all over it. Under. I want to say West Ham, but I'm going to go with Wolves one nil. Okay, I like Wolves a lot, actually. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Leeds Spurs. <laughs> Three's the over-under there. There's no way that's going to be under, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take the over on that one, sure. I'll go uh, I'll go 4-3 Spurs. Wow. I, I can like see it. that, totally. Yeah. All right, Craig? 4-0 Leeds, eh? It just... <laughs> Kane is just rubbing his hands together. Mind you, he probably was today at Burnley, too. <laughs> Um. Oh, come on, Leeds. Two, two. Five. Jimmy. Ah, Jimmy. You can go that's, two, that's, two. I was going to say two, two. You can take it. Can have cold, yeah. cold winners. I think it's going to be right? a draw. Because I think Leeds got pumped, so they're going to be very cautious going into this match. Make cautious. <laughs> Got Did him. You say, <laughs> they don't even know. They don't know how to play cautious. They don't fuck. If they're up one. They nil, have they to. You can't. You can't go through another game losing six nil. <laughs> you got to get something out of this game. Yeah, you have to lose, lose six three. <laughs> six, lose six three and go. That's progress. We got three. <laughs> Desmond's in this one too. Desmond's. It is. All right. Well. That's about it, I think, boys. Anything else you want to touch on before we, we go? It's been an hour and five minutes. It's probably long enough. We can One talk minute. about Neymar and MLS and Garber having to come out and talk about him. We can talk about it later. I got to pee like a racehorse, boys. All right. We'll yeah. let you go for a pee. Yeah, we'll, uh, on, fr- on, on news and such on Friday, I dare say we'll, we'll hammer a fair bit of MLS, right? We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, Promo uh, interview with Mark Bertram. If you haven't listened, Sharm's already talked about it. But we also have a good library of interviews. Bev Priestman, John Herdman. Jonathan Osario, listen in. They're great. Uh, Michael Corrin, the reverend. Who called Burnley beating Spurs today, by the way. Wow. Did he? Well, after Spurs beat City, he goes, Who's he yeah. talking to? Where's, no. he, getting his, where's <laughs> yeah. he getting his talk from? No, he said He said after uh, they beat City, he said on Twitter, yeah, just watch. They'll go and lose to Burnley on Wednesday now. And lo and behold, they did. Oh, well. Him and God are close. <laughs> we should be keeping standings. We should. I, yeah. I wrote them down. 
I wrote them down today. Starting We're getting professional. Start, we've got a mini league then starting this week. Yeah. yeah. For the next, how is, for the next how is the points working though? Like it's like how does that work? Just just like they do in I don't know, I'll figure it out. You know how I always make five points each. Just we'll like forget the about this. We'll the score happens to be exactly right, but if you pick the winner or if you say one one and it's two two, you get mm-hmm. we'll come up with something, Craig, because I you know the problem for you and I, we'll go down some serious uh basement doors for this. Oh yeah, we're gonna need so many fucking five dollar <laughs> bills. Exactly. Bring your $5 bills. <laughs> Point for the predict- uh, prediction, and then points as well if you get the score right. Score. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. We're going to forget all about this by this point next week. No, Wongers <laughs> wrote it down. It is. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Paper. <laughs> and unless he wipes his ass with it. <laughs> He's using crayons, for Christ's sakes. I did. Yeah. Doug Simonite and our loyals, they won't let us forget these Maybe scores. they can do it for us. Yeah, keep score. One of them. Stocks. <laughs> Start. What are we doing for interviews coming up? Uh, a few people. I, uh, there, we'll boys. throw some out. Are we still on air here? Yeah, we're still on air, yeah. Okay, well, listen, uh, make sure you listen to this. Oh. And next week oh. and the one before, <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> and uh, follow. Edit. Make sure you follow. All right? Yeah, don't edit this, B. This is oh, I'm not editing. This is gold. I'm still in Olympics mode. <laughs> well, welcome back, B. Ready. You know, you, you were really missed. Yeah, I can tell you. That was the best. Are we, uh, what do we got? I don't fucking know. I, who knows? <laughs> Jimmy, that's how, that's been two years of this, but I love it. <laughs> we're very professional here because we're, we're, we're veteran, we're veteran broadcasters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cheers it. for listening. Bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.